Okay, with uh, Olivia Bullock again, she we we did a, a, a short film of hers, uh, Wolf Watchers, back in the day. We talked to her, her and her co-director. Now she has a, a pilot called Ready to Mingle that won at her festival. This is a really interesting pilot. It's about algorithms, romance. Generally speaking, like you're in the you're in the generation as well. Like I met my wife on um, on a dating app, I guess. I can I can very honest for me to say. And I think most people in, the, in our generation in this kind of era have. I think it's like I bet you it's like seventy percent of couples of met on kind of sort of an algorithm type of yeah. dating app, and that's what your script is about. I guess sort of like it's. I know it's more uh, diverse than that, but it's it's mm-hmm. really about kind of like the art of the al- algorithm in today's era. I guess right. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. It, it, you know, manifests a little differently because it's a reality dating show. But that part of the commentary is that, you know, we have these algorithms and our dating is so based on like something that's scientific. But in truth, these algorithms are really designed to just get you to engage more with the apps. And then, you know, the the algorithm kind of like it doesn't work for everybody especially when we get into the topic of physical beauty dating apps and i'm on the apps and i absolutely hate them but because that's just what dating where we're taught dating is now it feels like that's the only way to meet people um but algorithms don't always work for people because they're so based on the physical i mean so many times i get guys who who like my profile it's very clear they haven't even read anything they're just looking at the pictures it's so based on that like surface level of like the physical appearance so you're saying that people are vain is that what you're saying people yeah. are yeah and you're also saying that these sites are capitalistically uh motivated like like it's there for to make money as well no not necessarily <laughs> to make money i think i think just you know technology is inherently flawed in that way i think that it's technology isn't always like perfect and algorithms are really great for a lot of things um but no i, I don't think capitalistic is the right word i think it's just it's a new way to look at dating and it's scientific and for some people that works it just doesn't work for everybody and yet we're kind of taught that like this is the only way now that you can meet somebody so I'm I'm like in my 40s. So basically, you're in your 20s. So I, I I grew up in an era where I would be at a coffee shop, for example, and I would be in there was a girl, and we say we there was a connection, we had eye made eye contact, we would be able to talk to to each other and say, hey, how's it going? But in today's era, I remember it was like well, 10 years ago, I kind of switched it over, where like that that kind of con- I'm being general, of course, but that conversation this doesn't exist anymore because people have the dating apps, right? People don't want to engage with strangers anymore mm-hmm. on, on like kind of like on a connection basis. It has to go through that filter as yeah. you described, right? And it is a filter. It's like, it's like a gatekeeper to basically to, and, and like you said, you're on it because everybody ha- seems like they have to be on it, I guess, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is a filter, I think. And, you know, it, it's, and it's not just apps, it's reality TV, it's fictional TV. We, you know, we're taught and we kind of go onto these apps expecting to see like all these perfect people. And sometimes we do. And then we feel this pressure to be perfect. So in that way, it's also, you know, not the best way, in my opinion, to date. I say that hypocritically, because again, I am on the apps. Yeah. Um, 
And it's not the most successful thing, unfortunately, but you know, it, it is all about that appearance and it is all about this pressure about how am I going to present myself? I have to have the perfect prompts. I have to be interesting, but I can't, you know, I can't be too intimidating. I have to be fun, but I have to come off as like mature and serious. And it's just, it's, it's incredibly impossible to kind of live up to these expectations. So for, I, I usually don't get personal on this conversation, but you're talking about something interesting for me. So what I did is that I, I kind of figured out the law of math where I basically went on over 100 dates, probably like 120 within like a, a seven month span. So, but it wasn't like, I wasn't spending money. I, I was just basically going for coffee with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'd meet someone on the app. I would just go, let's go for coffee. You meet them for, for an hour Maybe like seven or eight of them went to the second date, but then mm-hmm. it was like just filtering through all these people. And then finally yeah. I met my wife. And so yeah. then we're married, we have kids now. So basically, so for me, it was just like, I knew I knew, I knew that it wasn't, it was just more about like the mathematics of it. Just right. get through. And I, of course I had like, I work for myself. I had a certain amount of freedom because I can work, you know, I, I have to do pull in all these hours, but I can do it in my own schedule. Right. So that's sort of uh, how I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Where, and, it, and it works. It like for a lot of people, I mean, you know, we all kind of like hope that we go on enough dates. Ultimately we get that yeah. ending. Um, but kind of like the point of, of the script and kind of, you know, something I've been noticing a lot, especially like growing up, seeing these reality dating shows, seeing the kinds of like people that are, you know, casted to fit this brand. Yeah. You know, it's not always the best option, but then you're asking yourself, well, what if it's not this, then like, what else is it going to be? Because the coffee shop thing doesn't really happen anymore, unfortunately, or at least not in my experience and not in any of my friends' experience. Most, a lot of my friends have met some partner at some point on the apps, but I only know one where they're actually like still together and very. No, happy. What would you do though? Uh, so you're at, you're Garrett Starbucks. I don't know if you do Starbucks, whatever. <laughs> and then there's a guy that is looking at you, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like before it'd be like a, oh he's a cute vibe, and now it's a creepy vibe, right? So yeah, well, I'm, line, I'm also from New York, so whenever that happens, I'm always, whenever anybody's looking at me, I'm like, why? Like, but that's just a New Yorker thing. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I think, you know, it obviously it's very like subjective. I think it, it depends on the individual person. But I think what the the dating apps kind of tell us is that, oh, this is a universal fix for for like all your dating woes. And it's just like yeah. it's I mean, it's not always that. Um, but especially, it's you know. funny because I went to I, I lived I went to school in New York City in the 90s <laughs> and uh basically but i would meet people on on the subway it doesn't mean yeah. romantic or whatever it just be lead to friendship i would meet people on the subway and we would go hang out and and just like and, and have a conversation and stuff like that and we would mm-hmm. like go like i remember one time i met somebody like two o'clock in the morning a girl at two o'clock in the morning and we weren't even it wasn't physical it was just like we were connecting about movies mm-hmm. and then she's like oh my friend whatever he's he's doing he's watching the um the Paul Newman, I can't remember the Paul Newman pool movie, whatever. She goes, why don't you come with us and watch the movie? We're going to watch the movie. And it's like, it's like, this was, this is like two o'clock in the morning on a subway in New York city. <laughs> I don't think this happens anymore. Basically these kind of conversations, maybe for good reason, you never know. Right. But I'm just saying like yeah. it's, it's a different era. Yeah. I mean, definitely that has not happened to me. I don't know. I, 
I grew up always just like, you know, if someone says, hey, come watch a movie with me, probably don't do that. But yeah, no, 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 I just I'm saying, but different like, times, like, this is before you're even born. Right. So yeah. it's just like it's just like a different before the Internet, before this is how you talk to people. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is. And so you do, of course, you would like, it would be like there was a, there was a trust or whatever like that. And you would get the vibe, whatever. Right. But I think that's what happens too. It's like, there's like, I'm not saying it's a perfect science, but I think that people, there's an emotional intelligence that's, that's lacking because that's how you learn. Right. You learn through communicating, behaving with people, strangers. And that's how you build up your emotional intelligence to understand Mm -hmm. red flags, like trusting people, whatever like that. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're going off to filter here, but basically I just I just found your your script really interesting. It's like really in the era, which mm-hmm. is also too, because it's like movies and TV. You look at Netflix, it's all about the algorithm, right? It's yeah. like all about like what certain genres, certain moments, certain scenes that basically that they have in their algorithm that they feel that are going to be successful, right? So yeah, Every, everything is algorithm yeah. based. I mean, you know, TikTok, Instagram, all your social media, what you see, it's all just about what you've liked in the past or what the algorithm thinks you're going to like. It it feels like there's not a lot of choice anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, so okay, so you did basically your script, uh, obviously, it centers around the main character, mm-hmm. someone who kind of lives like like a lot of people do. They they like myself, where you you work at home. And you kind of like are communicating with people like on like and she she has a successful job, but she's communicating with people like through like us and Zoom or okay. or even just through email. And that's her that's her communication with people. Right. So mm-hmm. she's removed from the world, I guess. Right. Yeah, definitely. And that's a very purposeful thing because, you know, and I have felt this on, you know, when dating both on the apps and not and like, you know, just in general it can be very like a it's a very vulnerable thing i don't think we we as humans give ourselves enough credit for the the amount of times we put ourselves out there to meet new people in any kind of capacity you know being open like that and meeting people it's an incredibly difficult thing to do some more than others and i think it's just every time somebody can put themselves out there and say this is me unapologetically it's it's a triumph, but you know this character is somebody who is very afraid to do that because she fears rejection. But the irony is that she's the one who's giving advice to people, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you know sometimes people are better at giving advice for others so that they don't have to address their own problems. You know, like a therapist, for example. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Because <laughs> you don't want to delve into their personal lives, right? So no. <laughs> So, but yeah, they're, they're like someone's having marital troubles and they're giving marital advice in the meantime, right? So, right, yeah. Sometimes it's be- it's easier to be to give advice when you're removed from the from the situation. So this is like a kind of like a written kind of in the spine of a of like a, a sitcom, not a sitcom, but more like a comedic kind of new era kind of uh, script, I guess, or, uh, TV show, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. I love comedy, but you know, I love. I love comedies that aren't afraid to address like, you know, more serious themes. So like one of the the biggest theme in this and in a lot of my writing is body positivity and, you know, increasing the representation of different types and different sizes of bodies. So I think that I love comedy that can be comedic and can be silly and can comment on things 
at the same time and, and isn't afraid to be a little more serious and be a little bit more dramatic. But ultimately, there is the jokes and the awkward situations and the cringiness that we're all kind of familiar with. It's about finding your, the beauty, your, your beauty. Like this character obviously is insecure about her vanity, I guess, right? And so that's mm -hmm. why she stays at home. And yeah. And it's a common, it's a common thing where like, it's like, it's, you know, and, you know, people are just immature these days too, right? Because it's like, and like you said, like Instagram, whatever, everything is about bikinis and dogs, right? So yeah, that's all, yeah. that's all I see in my feed. I have a film festival feed and that's basically what I'm seeing every, every day on my Instagram. So, so yeah. it's, that insecurity will, is, could go, could, could, gets evolved, I guess, right? Because what you're seeing online, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, with any kind of media, photos, social media, film, TV, you're going to be seeing these bodies and you're immediately going to be comparing yourself to who those people are and in particular what they look like. And we as, you know, as a society and, and our media in particular has just kind of locked onto this idea of like and in this moment in time. And if you look through art, through the through the eras you know, the types of bodies that are being depicted in art change. And we're just in a period of time where the ideal body is somebody who's super thin and muscular and curvy, but not too curvy. And so you can't help but say like, okay, if this is what I'm constantly seeing and I don't look like this, then there's something wrong with me. Yeah, That's always the first, like the first go-to. It's not that, oh, it's annoying that I keep seeing this. I don't want to be seeing this. Not everybody looks like this. The first thought is, oh, you know, I want to look like this too. I want to look like everybody else. Yeah. And those type of people are the ones who are gaining popularity on those feeds as well. Right. So they're, so it's like a, it's, it's very toxic in a sense where like they're guarding their vanity is how they present themselves is, is, you know, a lot of you know idiotic boy, little boys out there who basically are giving them attention and then giving them right. likes and blah 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 so then that sort of like we kind of live in the like world right where it's like the more likes you get the more you feel supposedly good about yourself i guess right so yeah it, it's it's fascinating so basically but then this of course this character has an arc so basically she has to get over those insecurities and those and fears and like learn to love herself i guess right yeah, it's definitely that's the the big thing is, you know, learning to love yourself and kind of like getting past that that urge to change. But also there's this a factor of, you know, learning not to judge people. And this is, you know, something that I've had to deal with that my friends have had to deal with learning yeah. not to just like look at people on the surface and be like, oh, you present yourself in this way. So everything must be perfect and understanding that everybody has their demons and everybody is going through something and everybody has had their journey. So it's also about her learning to not be, to be less judgmental, just as she's criticizing the world for being judgmental of her. Exactly. And so you're like, so you're, you're still in school, correct? Uh, yes. I'm in grad school. You're in grad school. So like, like you don't have to age yourself, but then I'm just pointing where you are. So you're kind of you grew up in an era where where this all came at you, like all kind of was blasted at you when you were like in your early teens or like even younger than that. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of an, an interesting person. You have an interesting point of view to write a script like this because you're brought up in the first you're the first generation to be brought up in the social media world. Oh, right. Yeah. And oh, nobody yeah. was I'm, I'm assuming no parent was 
I had any idea what was happening or was teaching you, right? So what was what you needed to do? Because nobody knew anything, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, from my parents, it was like magazines and, you know, you know, billboards and stuff. But for us, it's social media. And there's just, which just means that it's the same thing, but there's just so much more of it. But um, also too, but the communication as well, right? Because right. it's like people can contrast you online and that bullying and that yeah. the judgment, the judgment is rampant because people can type their judgments towards people, I guess, right? Yeah, that's definitely like, that's that's a huge factor of it. And also just, you know, I think for me, it was also like growing up in like a New York City, going to a New York City private school as well, where everybody does kind of look the same. And when you don't always look like that, and for me personally, I've always struggled with weight fluctuations. I've always always struggled with my appearance. So this group was very personal to me and very much symbolic of, you know, my experiences. But growing up in certain environments, when you when you notice that you're different, that doesn't help. And then when you go online and you see that everybody looks like the people you're seeing every day, that just makes it even worse. So it's all about, I think it's also just like, that that journey of realizing that you're only seeing a sample size and that the world you know there's billions of people in the world what you're <laughs> seeing and if you're yeah. seeing a group of people that look completely the same around you online and in the real world yeah. that's just the sample size and, and new, york, new york city private schools are not the are not uh, no. a sample size of really a reality in any sort of way i guess right no, definitely. But it took me until college to realize that because I had grown up with these people my whole life and then yeah. going to college and actually, you know, seeing people from all over the country and all over the world. That's when I began to realize, oh, you know, this was just like a tiny, tiny little group that unfortunately all kind of looked the same and all kind of acted the same. And now, you know, here I am in college and I can like see that like, oh, everything is like so diverse. Yeah. And you know, why aren't we seeing this reflected in our media as much? And I think that's definitely changing. I think we're- It is, but, but, but truly, it, that, yeah, well, that's, that's sort of my main point is that this is like, this This last 10 years will be documented, you know, will basically, will be documented for sure. Like, it, it, like this is a perfect script to kind of set that up where it's, everything was fucked up. Part of my friends were like, you had no role models. Like there is nobody like now there's like, okay. So now like my daughter, for example, is like six. I have perspective of like what she's going to get into, right. The TikTok era or whatever like that. But you guys had nothing. You had nobody like you just, it was like a, it was a minefield out there. Yeah. It it definitely was like those early days, like, you know, in the early 2000s. And like, I remember, I like, I remember when Instagram became a thing. Yeah. And there was just like, and it was almost like immediately, it felt like there was, you know, these tropes that you kind of had to do to be popular on Instagram. And then everybody wants to be popular on Instagram. People are doing things that they want to do. And now it's, you know, it's happening with this, like, you know, with, you know, people in like their teens now with TikTok. So it's just, it feels like it's never ending, but also I feel like very, very slowly people's attitudes about appearance are changing and, you know, diversity is becoming a little bit more celebrated, which is great, which is great. And I wish that I had kind of lived through that as it, when I was a teenager. You're the, you're the victims of the, that's what I'm saying. So you're like, you hopefully, I could, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of, um, 
a lot of therapists are very happy about your generation because they're going to be making a, like, I'm, I'm sort of trying to say it in jest, but it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't envy where you're coming from. I, cause I, cause obviously I see from a different perspective because I started, I was able to start my business mm. through social media in 2007, 2008, right. and then see the rise of, of Instagram and to kind of take advantage of it to a certain mm. extent in terms of marketing and not being able to, and basically being a maverick and not having the, 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 the corporate funds to basically set up what I do. But so then in that sort of was a bonus for myself, but I was out there and I saw like, it was pretty toxic. It was a very toxic environment and a lot Mm -hmm. of like um, fake accounts, tons of like so many fake accounts. right? And uh, a lot of little boys out there. (laughs) Yeah. Tons of of little boys out there and they were learning, right. They weren't, and they because they were filtered by the the internet, so they they didn't learn rejection. They didn't learn that their their little smart alecky attitudes will be trampled by by females right. in the real world, right? But they can they can sit by their their little computers and basically not learn anything and be little boys, right? That's one of the problems is that is that the the reaction is those boys didn't become men, and you know that's sort of my because I'm obviously a man, so I that's how I looked at it too. So mm-hmm. so. I think your script is important. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So thank you. But yeah, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I I really agree. I think that, you know, for men and women, social media creates this like barrier and then, you know, you don't need to feel as rejected. And yet also it can very much heighten rejection, especially not necessarily on the messaging part, but on the posting part, because if you post something and it blows up, it's this like amazing thing and it seems so easy. And then the minute it does, you post something again and it doesn't blow up suddenly it's like, it's this horrible, like wound almost. Mm-hmm. So, and except it's not just, you know, the people you're like seeing every day in the real world, it's millions of people saying, Oh, this isn't like worthy. And it's just, it, it, it can like heighten everything. So it, and in a lot of ways it's so great because it can give visibility to so sure. many different things. Um, like film festivals and organizations and causes, but then in a lot of ways it can be very, you know, damaging. So I think it's all just about like, you know, compartmentalizing and looking at the good and the bad and saying, okay, how can we, you know, capitalize the good and how can we like start changing and like start, you know, addressing the bad. Yeah. So I guess basically the general, to summarize what you're saying is that somebody works their butts off, makes a really interesting, creative Instagram post, and it's very like innovative. And then it doesn't get that much attention. And then that same person goes to their bathroom and takes a selfie of themselves in the bathroom. And then that's the one that that's the pick that blows up. It's like, it's like very like, what's going on in the world? Like, this is the world that I want to live in. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I'm working my ass off on this one post that's getting no attention. I take five seconds of a vanity pick and I'm just like manipulating everything. And then all of a sudden it gets, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, it's, right. it, it, there's something wrong here. Right. Yeah. D- yeah, definitely. And then even then, like sometimes you'll post that second, you know, bathroom pick and that doesn't even get enough likes. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, what happened? It's a drug. It's hor- yeah, it, yeah. You're it, chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing something that, that that's not real, I guess. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think it stems from the fact that everybody wants attention and everybody wants love and there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i think that's the most human thing that a person can can want is to feel loved it's just you know i think social media has a way of distorting what like love and attention and genuineness is 
Yeah. Because if you look at eras, like you need time, right? So if you look, if we're in the, the 30s and the 40s, we're going to look at this, the 10s era, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, what the hell? Like, it's like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm already seeing it where it's like, there's pro- progression for sure. Right. Even TikTok is like a lot better than Instagram in a general sense. We're like, there's people who are like real people talking about real, like things that you're talking about. Right. And they're getting likes, they're getting attention for being themselves. Right. So it is, it is kind of figuring itself out, but it's like, there was like, like, even from your the president that you guys got and everything, not, not to get too political, but that's part of it, right? That's like mm-hmm. that kind of like judgment, kind of like rat-a-tat, kind of like I'm gonna like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna be a bully and get rewarded for it, right? So yeah. 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 It's interesting that you kind of branched off. You did you left New York, I guess, and went to like somewhere else, I guess, the school for university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in Boston right now at uh, Boston University, and I absolutely love, I mean, I still love New York. I absolutely love New York, and it's, you know, in, it is the most diverse place I've ever lived. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely, I, I if I could, I'd live in New York the rest of my life, but Boston's great, too. I absolutely love Boston. But the Upper West Side and Upper East Side can get a little, like, <laughs> not diverse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely a struggle. It's definitely a little interesting compared to other parts, but you know, it's a big city. There's so many people. Um, so it's just kind of looking, it's, it's about what you're looking for. Yeah. I just hope that it's not, a, not, not only rich people can live there. Right. So then that's when it gets, that's when it gets tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're on our way to that, but yeah. there's still. I lived money. in Brooklyn in the nineties and mm-hmm. that's where like people who were in rich can live, but now Brooklyn has been taken over. <laughs> right. So now it's not like the most expensive place you could live. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's so yeah. interesting. Okay, so tell me about your process because you obviously you're uh, you're a filmmaker. What is like so in terms of writing the script? Have you just written the first the pilot, or have you written more than the pilot? Um, yeah. So pilot, and I've written a second episode, and you know I'm always like working and revising, and then I have you know a very rough episode map for nine episodes of of a whole season. Um, but right now I'm taking a little break from this project to work on some other things that are very near and dear to my heart, because sometimes, you know, when you've worked on something for so long and for this, I worked on for, for two years, um, it's, you know, it's, you kind of need to work on something else for a little bit and then come back to it. And every time I do, and every time I think about, you know, what can I do to make it better? I always think of like new themes, new characters, new situations, so that's what what's so nice about writing something like this. But I think you got it though. I think you got a pilot, and so <laughs> like it's it's from a from a from a practical standpoint, from a, from a, a career standpoint, you got a pilot, so you can show your reps or whatever get representation. Like you got a sitcom pilot that's tight yeah. and it's award winning and it's there. So yeah, yeah, of course you should you can move on. You should move on to other things and and like are you what is your what is your goal? Like do you like is it filmmaking? Is it both writing? Or like what do you you want to do both or? Oh, for years it was filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and then I started like th- looking at you know this wave of TV that is you know so cinematic and so beautiful. And I love sitcoms. I like love you know the old multicam like don't get me wrong but this new era of tv has is just so beautiful and so elevated and i feel like you get to do more because you get you know 10 episodes you get three seasons to really expand a story whereas you know a movie you get an hour and a half two hours three and a half of your avatar 
Um, but <laughs> um, that's just the first movie too, right? There's another oh, one. Yeah. Oh no! Well, I just saw the second one, and that's no. I mean, that's, that's that's what I meant. There's a the third one coming out. He made. He oh made yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's 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 great. Um, it's a great it's a great experience. I went in at one forty five and came out at five p.m. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think so. I've kind of you know throughout college went from I want to make documentaries and and movies more towards TV and I love documentary that was also a big part of my undergrad program was documentary based um but I love the writing I love creating things from scratch and like creating my own world and using TV to kind of explore themes because growing up that's all I did was watch TV and you know that informed a lot of like you know, how you learn, it, it informs how you learn morals and how you learn how to be who you are and the kinds of things you like. So I think that that's something that's so powerful about TV. And yeah, it's, I would love like one day to be a showrunner. That's kind of the the ultimate dream. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably where you're, you're probably headed in your future. <laughs> you don't see it yet because you're just like, it's so, it's such a minefield out there. But I like from someone who does this a lot, that's probably where you're headed. Thank you. And yeah, <laughs> well, that's the that's the hope. I'm. I know it's like it's it's you know sometimes it seems like the hardest thing to do. It seems impossible, but I think it's worth doing because I for ten years it's it's been all I've wanted to do. Well, it takes time and experience too, right? Like you have to yeah. like work on a couple shows and and get your feet wet and then basically see how it is because it's mm-hmm. like a when you're show running, you're it's like you're the you're the CEO, you're the boss, right? Yeah. And you yeah. got to learn how to delegate and like learn how to like basically take your creative ideas and and and, and use someone's creative ideas and and kind of like kind of work up what you know what I mean like it's learning how to make things better through other people right so it's not easy not a oh, lot yeah. of people can't do it yeah but it's exciting and I think that's the other thing that I love about TV is it how collaborative it is I think that's just. I love working in a room with people and I love like hearing people's ideas because I think every time I write something I'd want to show it to as many people as possible because other people's eyes make it better and I like doing the same thing with other people's work so that's the other reason why TV is so great and my you know the writer's room is the dream just because it's so great working with people and seeing like the ideas that they can come up with and you know seeing how other people's minds work yeah 100 percent yeah so what, like, what would, you said you're, like, you said you would watch, like, what are you watching now? Like, what TV show are you watching now? I'm just so curious. Ooh, well, I, <laughs> I know I'm a little late to the game, but I just started watching Andor. I'm a big Star Wars nerd, so that's, okay. you know, fantastic and wonderful. Um, favorite shows, I just got my parents hooked on Succession, and I'm very proud of that. I think that show is absolutely brilliant. Everybody's awful. Uh, <laughs> everybody's, I think it's so incredible because everybody is horrible but they're so watchable and you just you don't want to you just need to know what happens to people in the show even though you know they're so despicable yeah it's secretly funny it's like there's there's a lot of comedy in that show it's so it's so hilarious like some of the things that they just say i love i love kendall every time he like sees somebody and just goes yo i'm like like why do you behave this way um but there's such sadness in the older brother, right? Right? Like he's the arc oh. of that show. Like he's yeah. so sad. Like so, the money doesn't give everything, right? No, it, it it it's so fascinating. And then I I think Shiv is also just like a very fascinating character. Is like the only woman 
kind of in that fa- in that like the the main yeah. grouping of that family and just you know seeing her struggle and then with all of the kids just seeing how you know they just so no matter how many times he hurts them they just they just really really crave their father's love and i think that's just so like such a fascinating thing to explore with Human, that right? show. i think they do it so we're all, well we're all guilty of that to a certain extent right Oh yeah, it's a very relatable thing. Yeah. Is we just want our parents to be proud of whatever we do, and I think Succession is just an example of how that can get a little extreme. Sure. Um, but so I absolutely love that show, White Lotus. I I, I recommend to everybody. Um, uh, one of my other favorite shows is Our Flag Means Death. I think that show is absolutely adorable and brilliant and so sweet, and yet really does a great job of exploring like the themes of love and acceptance and it's just I think it's so well done and I'm very excited for season two the interesting thing about those two shows that you just described White Lotus and Succession HBO Mm -hmm. shows but they're they go on a weekly basis so they're not just like thrown on like say like a Netflix show where Mm -hmm. like the the art of like White Lotus was that people talked about it all week it's like and then you can catch up on it right where we're like, whoa, what are you watching? What are you guys talking about? Like, it's the water cooler thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this show, White Lotus, and then people can go back and watch it and catch up. But yeah. that's what kept the momentum going. We're like, if it was just th- all thrown, all 10 episodes or eight episodes were thrown off in just one setting, I don't think it would have the popularity or attention that oh, it yeah. got. So, yeah, definitely. That I, I love binging shows, definitely. It's sometimes yeah. there are times where I'm like, I, I wish. That I didn't that I didn't have to like wait a week, but also I think that's what's so brilliant. Yeah, and that's like, what's so yeah. Yeah. If you want, then then it's must see TV. You're like, what's gonna happen in the last? Who's gonna die? Who's the person? Yeah. Who's the body? Whatever like that. People have, I don't want to give anything spoilers because if you haven't watched it yet, and that's the art too. It's like you could then you can easily go back if you haven't seen the show. You can just go back and watch it, right? So yeah, yeah. I think you're on to something with this script. I thought it was highly fascinating. I thought it was a very relatable. Uh, main character as well like it's a very common situation where like people are like are so it's all about filters that's how i kind of took it we're like we're we're not everybody's we're, we're all even you and i right now talking we're like we're, yeah. we're removed from something right we're not totally right. connecting because there's something that's that's in our way i guess right oh yeah exactly i think technology is amazing i absolutely i love technology and i love the advancements that we're kind of heading towards but you know you kind of lose something with it as well um yeah so it's very you know there's levels to it and it's there's no black you know black and white answer to it it's an incredibly gray area but those are kind of the most fun to explore yeah all right so let's talk again that was great because it was a different vibe than last time uh yeah yeah total well you're talking about documentaries and we're talking about storytelling so it's different but basically but you're you're a different person so i love it so so maybe we'll let's do it, do it again for the third time when uh, either you got your next film out or another yeah. script out. So uh, looking forward to oh, chatting you again, and I'll, I'll, look, I'll be following your career. Look, wishing you the best of success. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Just just make sure you do your ten thousand hours. You get your education, and you oh, yeah. other people, and then you can show run a show in about ten years. Oh yeah, you know that that's what we're looking for. You be the next Mike White, right? So. Uh. I wish he's brilliant. <laughs> look look, look at his career. Look where he started, right? It's been a, yeah. a 25-year journey. So yeah. All right. Take it easy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.
dance will take.